friends. Welcome to the Skyline Church podcast. I'm Jonathan Middlebrooks, one of the pastors here at Skyline Church. Skyline is a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. We're committed to seeing revival in our city sparked through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. These sermons are specific to that purpose and in the context of our unique community. We hope that it might bless you in some way. Enjoy. special morning plan for you all. Um, just before I bring Jessica up to share her testimony, just a little bit of background. Um, so about three years ago, we really felt like God was calling our church to um, really into a new kind of pursuit of worship and prayer as the primary um, purpose of the body. Jesus says, my house will be a house of prayer. Like that's, that's what, and he talks about his house. He says, it'll be a house of prayer. And it's interesting because we've been in the book of 1 Timothy, and it made me think about, you know, in the, in the first chapter, Paul's talking about how the church is getting involved in controversies and arguments about doctrine and theology, and there's heresy going on. And it's fascinating to me that Paul sends Timothy, yes, to, like, combat false teachers, but then at the beginning of the, the second chapter, he tells them, okay, that's kind of the, the, um, the negative pushback is a fight against that, but what are we supposed to be for? And I love this at the beginning of chapter 2. He goes, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. He says, here's how you unify a church. You become people of prayer, people of the presence. Because if all we do all the time is try to talk about our ideas and get on the same page, we're just always going to be a little bit off, a few degrees, and that's okay. But the presence of Jesus is what unifies us. And so we've been taking that really seriously the last few years, we've really made a huge effort to come to know the Holy Spirit as a person, as the third person of the Trinity, that we can know him, that he lives in us through salvation, and that we should have a relationship with him. And Jesus actually says, right, at the end of his time on earth, he says, it's better for me to go, because <laughs> if I go, because he says, as, as long as I'm in flesh, I can be in one place at a time, but when I send my spirit, he'll live in you. And he'll dwell collectively in the church so that when you need to live by my word, when you go out into the world, you will have a helper. Isn't that awesome? So it's a beautiful thing. So as we've been pursuing this, and for many of us, it's been this new journey of, of coming to know, know the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? How do you live as a church that's open to his work? And uh, one of the things that we notice, right, Corinthians says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Freedom, right? So wherever the Holy Spirit is honored and worshiped and known as a person of the Godhead, he, his goal is to bring you into freedom, which means he's typically going to start bringing things to the surface in your life that you need to deal with. And as, as he started to do that, our staff and many of our, our core team were just kind of like, all right, where do we go to deal with these issues that are coming up, right? Because if our only goal is to come to church and be like shiny, happy people, listen to a nice sermon and go home, no big deal. But when God starts bringing stuff to the surface in our lives, our traumas, our wounds, our brokenness, our sin patterns, like generational stuff in our families, what do we do? Where do we go? So we started a 
um, a search for like, all right, where, where are there tools for us as a church to process these things with our people? And we've come across a couple. So the next two weeks, we're going to highlight a couple of these things that we've been engaging in, kind of behind the scenes pursuing to try to figure these things out. One of them uh, was introduced to me by a friend named John Tyson, who's a pastor in New York City. And it's a book called Soul Care, which was written by a seminary professor uh, named Rob Reamer at Alliance Theological Seminary. And the reason I stumbled on soul care, because I was really struggling with um, people that I was trying to help, people that it was kind of like where you've done everything. You've like, I've done counseling, I've done um, this inner healing mod, I've done all this stuff, and yet I'm still struggling. And it struck me at one point that um, maybe sometimes the problem in our lives are actually they're like spiritual problems. Like Jesus says we actually have a real enemy who has real workers on his side whose job is to steal, kill, and destroy, to harass, to discourage. So how do we come against that? How do we equip the church to battle against spiritual forces? And the interesting thing about this soul care book, I read it, and it was really interesting because it was like dealt with kind of all this inner journey of healing, of identity, of forgiveness, of family patterns of sin, and then it ended with deliverance, with actually like dealing with demonic forces in people's lives and casting out demons. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And uh, so I read it, and I just kind of held it, and I was like, all right, Lord, what do we do with this? And then um, that desire kept growing. And, and, um, and it, just a, a, a word of advice, if you're the only one who wants something, like just keep it to yourself for a while. So that's kind of was like, oh, hey, I read this book, and I just kind of see who was interested and so, I mean, I read Soul Care three years ago, and really this last December, God brought Rob Reamer here to train our staff in this process of Soul Care. It's this beautiful time, and, um, and so one of the things that happened was uh, a couple showed up uh, at, at, at this Soul Care conference, Jessica, and she was already going through Soul Care with Rob Reamer, receiving training, found out that our church is doing this. And we just kind of had this kindred spirit with her, with our prayer team um, that you'll hear a lot about next week. And so her and Corey end up at Skyline and we're like, hey, you're doing this soul care thing. What if you just kind of launch this ministry for us? What if you lead this? And um, so we're super excited to dig into that in this year. And um, her story is super powerful in how the Lord meets us in our pain and our wounds and our trauma and how he delivers us. Right, and then the freedom that results. So I'm gonna welcome Jessica up and I'm gonna pray for her. If you would join me, come on up here. You guys are gonna be so blessed by this. This is gonna be awesome. All right, so Jesus, I just thank you for Jessica's story. I thank you for how you've been working in our church. I pray right now, Lord, that we would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to hear and to see and to know what you're doing this morning through her story. And Lord, we just thank you that you're a redeemer. We thank you that when we get in the pit, that you hear our cries for help and you come and you redeem us. I thank you that you did that in Jessica's life, Lord. And we just bless you, Jesus, this morning in your name. Amen. So please give your attention here. Is it okay if I pray really fast too? Okay. Abba, I just thank you for the presence of Holy Spirit here. 
do what only you can do. I ask you to touch hearts today. In Jesus, get your glory. Amen. Um, I would like to start with a disclaimer, and that is that I'm not going to apologize for tears, and I'm actually going to welcome them, and I invite you to do the same. Uh, so I just say, if you feel tears come, just let them come, and let those liquid prayers be heard in the throne room today. So I bless you with tears. You're welcome. <clears throat> and next, uh, I stand here today realizing that most everybody in this room knows at least one member of my family. <laughs> and so um, I just want to say that I in no way want to shame, blame, or dishonor my family. Um, in fact, I want to do the opposite. I want to honor my family by bringing things into the light and breaking certain generational patterns that have held us in bondage. And so I bring my story to the light for the purpose of freedom and for the purpose of showcasing the power of the king to redeem all things. All right. So I was born in Germany on a mission trip, and my parents felt a call to plant a church overseas, and it's actually still going today, which is pretty cool. That's the legacy that I was born on. Um, I'm number five in my family. I'm the only girl. I have four older brothers. And uh, my parents have been incredibly faithful to the Lord their whole lives. They had a dramatic life change in the Jesus movement, and they have really never looked back. Their faithfulness has been incredible. My older brothers, however, uh, have not been so faithful to the Lord. And pretty much all the guidelines that my parents gave, they went in the opposite direction. Um, so, in particular, the brother that I want to highlight, <laughs> who most of you know, um, is Joseph. And um, the reason that he is important to my story is, you'll see, manifold. But uh, one thing to really highlight is that the first time the Holy Spirit poured out on me, I was a little girl, and I was like eight, I think. I was looking at my colored storybook Bible, and I was reading the story of Joseph and looking at his multicolored dream coat, and he was in the pit, you know, but he forgave his brothers, and so the Lord marked me with Genesis 50, 20, that what you meant for evil, the Lord will cause to work for good, and then some, some translations say that many would find life, or that many would find salvation, and so that is like the verse that has marked my life, so... There are a million different stories that I could tell you from my childhood, but uh, let's suffice it to say, my parents were busy with five children, and the helicopter mom was not yet invented, and I had a lot of time to play outside with lots of different people, you know, for hours, and um, one day I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I was asked to do some things I didn't want to do, and that happened again, and again, and again, and again. But when I had that encounter with the Holy Spirit, I was able to forgive in a supernatural way. Um, so for the desire not to shame or not to get other people in trouble and not to, you know, just the shame that I felt for myself, I never said anything to anybody about it. And I do not understand human psychology or brain chemistry and so I couldn't tell you why, but for whatever reason, I just suppressed all those memories and like just forgot about it. You know, I just, they were gone. And it wasn't until I was in college and I was raped. And the day after that, all those memories just flooded back into my 
being. You know, it was just like this weight. And so, like, I can't even tell you, like, a 10-ton truck of shame and just guilt. And I just remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, no good man would ever want to be with something so disgusting. You know, that's where I was. And that was where I stayed, <laughs> you know. And um, so, again, with the brain psychology, I don't know why, but uh, somehow I thought that the fix for that was just to dive into sexual promiscuity, and so that's what I did. Um, college was just a really difficult time. And, um, and so I stayed there. So one day I was sitting alone in my room, and uh, I just said to God, I don't want to do this anymore. Please, if I'm supposed to get married, will you just introduce me to somebody? And I promise you I will change. I will change. So it's important to note that during this time, my four older brothers had gone. They all moved away. And they were all chasing after their own ideas of what God was. And again, most important to note is Joseph. Um, and he would willingly share his testimony, by the way. So I'm not throwing him under the bus. Uh, but he was swimming in a snake pit of drugs and sex and pretty much all of the enemy's favorite addictions, except for religion. He was not swimming in religion. Um, so I'd come to this place in my life where I, I believed that God was real. I believed he was real, but I did not believe that he was good. I did not believe that he was kind. And I really didn't believe he had that much power at all. Um, so there was that day I was in my room. I wrote this prayer in my journal, and that same night, uh, I met this guy, and I just fell hard. It was something like a chemical reaction, and um, I had no idea what to call it, but I decided it was a gift of God, and it was love, and um, slowly over time, I noticed that he really liked drinking, and the more he would drink, the more violent things would get, and then one day, I came to, and I was lying in a ditch with my clothes torn, bleeding, <laughs> And uh, I got up and ran, you know, and I said, never again. But like I said, I don't understand human psychology. I don't understand a brain that is broken like that. And I don't understand a human heart that's desperate for love and for what they believe love to be. So I went back and surprise, I got pregnant. Shame <laughs> and guilt and fear and darkness hopelessness. So I called one of my brothers, not Joseph this time, and uh, he said, I'll come to Oklahoma and we will take care of this. You can't bring this kind of shame on the family. And like I felt that, like just this shame. I mean, just I can't express the weight. And so he did. He took me to the clinic in Norman and uh, I have two memories of that place. I remember watching the fish swim in the aquarium while I sat in the waiting room. And then I remember nurses struggling to hold me down as I thrashed around and I was screaming because they hadn't given me strong enough sedatives. And again, shame and deep, dark, dark depression. Meantime, Joseph, my brother, was on these just, I mean, terrible trips. And I won't, you know, say the stuff that he said or did, but when I say terrible, I mean, I've never seen a movie that touches the junk he was doing, you know? And then one day, the impossible happened, and Joseph met Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he went from telling me 
stuff that you can't imagine, to inviting me to church. Nothing, nothing but the power of Jesus can do something like that. It was life-changing. It was life-changing. So I did. I started going to church with my brother, Joseph, you know, who, like, last week was telling me to go to parties. And now we're at church. I mean, whiplash. Like, that was whiplash. And so I started really trying hard. I tried to be a good girl, and I would ask God to forgive me every day. And I didn't sleep around. I wasn't drinking. I was trying so hard. But if you don't deal with the roots of a disease, you can never erase the symptoms, ever. And so, despite my best efforts to date well, once again, I got pregnant with another ex-boyfriend. Not the same ex-boyfriend. But this time I knew I couldn't do the same thing. I couldn't run away. So our marriage started not just on the rocks, but literally on the cliffs of insanity. I mean, it was rough. It was really rough. I hated myself. I hated the idea of being married. I hated being a mom. And I did not want to be in Oklahoma either. So here I am, a housewife, two small kids, and a husband who didn't want to be home. And so he decided to go get a second bachelor's degree, an MBA, a CPA, and he got a job as a CFO by the age of 28. So I was alone, you can imagine. So I hit my knees and I said, okay, God, I am, I am stuck. I can't go anywhere. You have to help me. I cannot do this. And so I started digging in more at church and I started going to a community group and I started um, a discipleship group and we were just memorizing exorbitant chunks of scripture, like the book of James, exorbitant. Like we were digging into the word. Um, and I was practicing confession, but I kept confessing the same symptomatic sins. It was the same stuff, and I could not break free. And I was just desperate. I had this shame. It was like I couldn't knock the shame and the guilt and anger and bitterness and disappointment. It was just like it was stored up in my soul. Um, so I was seeking and striving. I was praying. I was checking all these boxes, but I was blocked. And like, because I was digging into my Bible so much, I knew there were deeper waters for me and I knew I was blocked. And so I was desperate. And once again, enter Joseph into the story. He and his wife told me about soul care and they said that I probably needed deliverance. And so I said, who do you think you are? And I literally threw my phone across the room. Like I was so angry, it was visceral. Um, but I was desperate, and so I was stuck. I knew I needed more than this just loop of shame, confess, same, shame, confess. I couldn't do it anymore. And I kept hearing, you know, these voices that were just telling me that I was unwanted, unloved, worthless. So, as I do, I dove in headfirst, and I spent hours doing all the spiritual action points I processed really, really deeply and really, really honestly. I did a total life confession, and then I experienced deliverance. Um, and it was a battle. It was a battle. But can I tell you <laughs> that I experienced the presence of Jesus Christ for me, and uh, he fought, and he won my freedom that day. And I experienced peace and silence for the first time in my life. And for the first time, instead of shame, I felt love. It was just like this boulder that I'd been carrying around in my soul just was gone. And I actually heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And he said, 
are okay. And I don't think I'd ever felt okay, ever. And so that broke me. <laughs> and then he told me, I have created you on purpose and for a purpose. And I believe to my core today that that purpose is to walk with him into prison cells and to see captives set free. So when I say that I invite you on a soul care journey, I'm saying your battle won't look like mine at all, for sure. Um, and I'm not inviting you to just like a fun meet once a week and kind of party. It's a journey that requires work and it requires you to be aware of some really difficult places in your soul and some difficult places in your journey. It will not be easy, but I promise it's worth it. Nothing in your story is wasted, nothing. And I still have struggles, um, but I have a different understanding of who I am and of who he is. And I recognize lies now that the world and that the enemy throw at me, and I can fight those battles now, whereas before I was like a victim, you know, but now I come from a place of victory. Um, I know a profound freedom and I know what it feels like to hear quiet after years of battling voices that I thought were just my own common sense that were telling me what a failure I was. And so I want to tell you the enemy is a liar. But don't be afraid. Because Jesus has overcome the enemy. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what degree of fear and shame, failure, confusion, condemnation, addiction, whatever, whatever it is that you're facing, the person and the power and the presence of Jesus Christ can set you free. And that's it. Mm. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Um, I should have told you to take your shoes off. Um, <laughs> there's nothing more sacred or holy than somebody's story, right? And somebody's process um, and the life that we live on this, this earth, it matters. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like we want to honor um, experiences, stories, the narratives that have entered our lives. And uh, one of the things that it just struck me as I was listening to you, Jessica, that Skyline really started with a heart for justice in this idea that we didn't want to be the Christians who met someone who was struggling with poverty or hunger um, and say, be warm and well-fed, right? Like James says, like, be warm and well-fed, but not give them food. But what struck me in the last few years is we've done a really good job of doing that in the physical material realm. This church is more generous with our resources than any church I've ever seen. But we don't want to do that spiritually either. Jesus never encountered somebody demon-possessed and said, hey, I'll pray for you, see you later. You know, I hope it works out. He was like, no, 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 right now, we're going to deal with this. Someone who was about to be stoned for their sin. I mean, it's just like we want to see people freed. And uh, so thank you for that. And I just want to tell you, friends, like this, Jessica's not the only one who has stories like this who has trauma, wounds, lies that we've believed. And so um, that's what the church is for. The church is so we can receive the gift 
and then become who we're supposed to be. And so for so many of us, all we've done is received the gift. And we haven't allowed him to take all the other stuff and free us, redeem us. And then 2 Corinthians 5 says, anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. And he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. Like He's reconciled you, now go into the world with what I've given you and do that for others. Go free others. So Jessica's been doing that. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing maybe the last six months or a year or something yeah, like that right? with Soul Care. Um, so it has been just incredible. And God's timing is not our timing. After I went through deliverance, I was just so excited. I was like, guys, I found the cure for cancer. And you have to taste and see that he is good and that he can set you free. And it just wasn't the time and it, it wasn't the place. And so I sat with my story a lot. And, um, you know, I was sharing my testimony and trying, but it was just like, it was, it was blocked. It was not time yet. And so then, once again, Joseph and J. Joy told me that Rob was going to be here. And I was like, I don't go to Skyline, but I'll be there. And so, um, because it was a really small group of people, I was able to engage with Rob a lot. And Rob is actually the one who did my deliverance. So he already knew me and he knows my brother. And so, um, so I already had a little bit of rapport with him, but just throughout the course of the weekend, he was like, oh, you're doing this. Like you're actually in this. And so he invited me to join his deliverance team, which Once again, what the enemy meant for evil, God causes for good. Mm -hmm. So because of COVID, his deliverance team has gone like viral. And so I'm doing deliverances with people literally all over the world. Like we're coordinating different time zones and like I'm seeing people set free from stuff you can't even imagine. It's Like in Poland. Like Like in Poland, yes. Like Like one of my mentors is Polish and she's actually translating soul care into Polish right now. There's this huge movement in Poland. It's awesome. So, Mm. Amen. I love, again... How God's chosen you, yeah. called you, empowered you. And so that's what the church is about. So we're, we're doing the same for Jessica. We're acknowledging her gifts and her calling. And so one of the things we're going to do real soon is we're going to uh, launch just a, a, a group of people who want to engage in this ministry, who want to walk through soul care together and uh, who are interested in, in deliverance. And this is one of the things that Rob, Rob Reamer is so great. He said this statement that I, I will never forget. He said, you can't counsel a demon and you can't cast out a human, right? I'm gonna say it again. You can't counsel a demon and you can't cast out a human. So, so many times we're trying to pray over things that are human wounds that need to be cared for. And we're trying to cast out things that you're, you know, or or we're trying to counsel things that are spiritual. That Jesus said, like, listen, I've given you power and authority through the Holy Spirit to command demons to go, right? And so we just want to acknowledge, we want to be a church that lives in reality. That in this fallen world, there are both good spirits and evil spirits. And Jesus has command over all of them. But we want to take our authority. And we want to make sure that no one in this room gets harassed or deceived or discouraged, or ultimately the worst, is destroyed by demonic forces in the world. So this is, if you're interested, I would love for you to, like, come grab Jessica uh, after church. But um, what I'm going to do right now is I want to pray for her. I'm going to invite the the worship team to come up, and I'm going to invite the prayer team as well. And um, uh, one of the things I know is that uh, some of us this morning, like, a little spark lit, and you're like, oh, man, I thought I'd make it so far on my journey, but I've realized there's there's more. And, and so I want to encourage you to take maybe a first step. So I'm going to invite our prayer team to, to hang out in the back of, actually, are we in the front? Oh, come up front. Yeah, I didn't see you there. Come up front. Um, so I want to encourage you to stand to your feet. 
And, and um, as we worship, if you sense, you're like, I just want to, you know, I just want to maybe get a start. Something in you is like, I need prayer this morning. I've got some stuff. I want to encourage you to come. And, and, and again, I just want to, um, if you met Jessica on the street, you wouldn't know this was her story, right? So we can sit in church and we can all act like we don't have stuff in our lives. And, and I think Satan wants to lock us in our pew and be like, don't go down front. Don't go down there. Don't do it. Don't do it. Everybody's watching. Rather than just saying like, hey, do you want to be free? It may not all happen this morning, but you have the opportunity to take a first step and just say, I just want prayer this morning. I want to start this journey. So um, will you pray with me? So, so Lord, thank you for Jessica. Thank you for her story. Um, thank you, Lord, for the power that you've deposited in her life. Holy Spirit, we just, we just saw you shining through this morning. So, Lord, we just really bless that as a church. Lord, I feel like that, that standing ovation was an acknowledgement, Lord, of what you're doing in her life and what you've done. And you're, it was like the whole church saying, go now, go. Here I am, send me, now go. And so, Lord, I pray right now if there's anyone in this room who heard that story and said, yeah, me too, I, I want freedom like that, Lord, would you just give them courage right now just to come and just to have prayer. Lord, just take the first step. That's it. That's what you want from us is you just want us to make a move toward you. And so, Lord, the prodigal son, he was just in that pit, and he just said, I'm going to go home, and he took one step. And one step turned into two, into three, into five, into miles till he crested the hill, Lord, and he was home. So, Jesus, we just want to say thank you for making a home for us. I just pray for anyone here who's never felt like they've belonged anywhere, they don't have a place to rest. Holy Spirit, would you show them this morning that Jesus says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not have said it. So, Lord, we just bless you this morning. The Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. I just encourage you just to come and just receive prayer. And you may not even know what it's for. You just look at the prayer like, I don't know. <laughs> and just let them go. Let them pray. So, Holy Spirit, we bless what you've done. We bless what you're doing. I pray that Skyline would be a place of freedom, Jesus. A place of freedom. So we're going to sing and we're going to worship and uh, the prayer team's going to be available. Please come. If you just want to come pray by yourself, come to the altar and you, you can just be alone if you want to do that as well. But come. Thank you for listening to this week's teaching at Skyline FKC. Again, here at Skyline, we are a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. So if you would like any more information on that, please go to our website at skylineokc.com and connect with us via that way. Thank you, guys.